On this week's NFC SDN reality check, we'll talk with OpenNet and Prisera about the impact virtualization is having on policy and charging systems and Verizon on, the, on its growing NFC and SDN plans. Comscope, thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Thanks for joining us on this week's NFB SDN Reality Check. I'm your host, Dan Meyer, Editor-in-Chief of RCR Wireless News. Well, obviously, virtualization is a big topic going across the telecom industry uh, nowadays, and obviously part of the uh, reason why we have this show. Uh, big changes going on in the networks and how operators are handling their networks. Uh, one thing that has uh, obviously been a challenge a lot is how uh, carriers are looking at the terms uh, carrier grade, for instance, which is how uh, carriers traditionally have looked at uh, rolling out services on their network. Uh, carrier grade typically uh, referred to a very high standard that telecom operators are required for their networks. But as we move towards virtualization, uh, these terms carrier grade and other terms like uh, that have traditionally been used in telecom are, are looking to change as uh, operators look towards virtualization and software platforms uh, to roll out new services. Uh, this is impacting a lot uh, on these networks, including the policy and charging systems. Uh, joining us today to talk on this topic is Thomas Basson, who's the subscriber experience evangelist at Prosera Networks, and Jerry Donahoe, who's the Director of Solutions Engineering at OpenNet. Uh, both guys are joining us from Europe. Uh, Thomas is in uh, Sweden, and uh, Jerry's joining us from, uh, from Dublin, Ireland. So hey, guys, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Uh, maybe start off with, I guess, uh, maybe uh, Thomas, maybe give us a quick intro of yourself uh, and the company for those who maybe don't know much about uh, Prozera. Sure. So um, Thomas Weissen, a Dutch guy living in Sweden, been working with telecoms a little bit over 18 years, right now for Prozera Networks. Prozera Networks. Uh, DPI-based subscriber experience uh, vendor, and we uh, uh, work together with with OpenNet and the other guys in this Etsy pop recently that uh, we're going to talk about. Very good, sounds good. Well, great. Well, how about Jerry? Uh, do a little quick introduction of yourself and uh, and of, of OpenNet. Yeah, hi. My name is uh, Jerry Donu. I'm director of solutions engineering in um, in OpenNet, and um, I mainly deal with um, with our our partner ecosystem. And um, OpenNet basically are a major uh, PSS vendor. Uh, we're currently deployed in, I think, eight out of the top 10 um, tier one operators in the world. And we primarily look at um, policy and charging control. I guess we'll be talking about that more or less today. That sounds great. Well, great. Definitely appreciate it. And obviously, this is a great show for us because it's, uh, I think, my first uh, all international cast, which is great. Uh, and also, the first time I've had two guests on at one time. So hopefully, I don't screw this up too badly. But uh, but guys, we definitely appreciate the time today on this. So, so yeah, let's talk a bit about, uh, and obviously virtualization is a, is a big uh, big word uh, going across telecom markets. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, I guess the impact this will have on OSS systems, but also it seems like there's a lot of impact perhaps on the BSS side as well. I know obviously the policy charging, policy and charging, those are different aspects of both the OSS and BSS systems. So maybe I was hoping to get from you guys, maybe a little insight on how you view virtualization impacting these systems uh, for telecom operators, maybe maybe a Thomas, maybe get maybe your insight first on how you see virtualization impacting what you guys are doing, and maybe how telecom operators are kind of uh, rolling out and supporting their their legacy systems. Sure, thanks, Dan. <clears throat> we think that uh, the BSS side is likely to virtualize quite a bit faster since it's it's not in the data plane that can often easily exist in in shared virtualized environments, um, and. Charging on differentiated service models it is really to really go down to applications that subscribers care about. That has been a real, real challenge for operators. But you know, the reason for that is that it, it has been difficult to have the right DPI PCF equipment needed installed covering the right traffic 
uh, and installed covering the with scale uh, towards the complexity of the service design and 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 the increase of of traffic volume. Uh, with with, with NAV, this is changing. It's becoming very agile and the ability gives the ability to operators to dynamically evolve their innovation service models and dive deep into the packet flow and and the vnf manager will then secure that virtualized dpi pcf software will scale with the needs and this will really open up uh, the doors towards doing temporary campaigns doing custom per custom uh, policy settings and and increase flexibility and and most of all most important speed for service creation. Very interesting. That's yeah, an interesting point you bring up about the fact that this, you, know, you, you guys see BSS as being perhaps uh, impacted uh, more rapidly by this move to virtualization than OSS. Interesting take there. So I don't know, maybe Jerry, maybe what's, what's your view on this? And maybe, you know, do you see BSS as being impacted pretty rapidly as well when it comes to this move towards, uh, towards virtualization? Yeah, actually, um, BSS systems have been deployed virtualized for many years and um, some of our biggest systems in, in, uh, in tier ones are, are currently virtualized. So it's more the network virtualization, I think that's going to be the radical change. Um, legacy BSS systems have been um, uh, expecting kind of static situations, you know, gateways and, um, and components in the network don't come and go. With network functions virtualization, that's a different situation. The concept of elastic scalability means endpoints can appear and disappear. That, that basically means that a new way of thinking has to be thought out in terms of uh, um, dynamically um, accommodating um, the network as it grows and shrinks. The other thing, of course, is there's going to be um, a revolution in, in the, the business models that operators um, can potentially deploy. Um, you know, things like um, self-service, um, new partner portals, enterprise portals. Um, that basically means that the, uh, the way companies need to charge and engage is radically uh, going to change and um, it, there's going to be a massive requirement for move to, to, to more real-time systems, I think. Hey, interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, obviously the, the, the business model of this is always going to be the biggest uh, perhaps challenge for operators because again, as you know, uh, you know, these are companies that are looking to make money and so if there's no business model to doing these things, uh, that makes it more difficult to, to kind of push this up the, up the C level chain, I guess, to get approval on this. So that's always going to be the big challenge, it seems like, for these these operators, you know, I guess maybe Jerry, maybe a little follow-up. I mean, what, beyond, I guess, that part of it, I mean, what, what do you see as maybe being maybe some of the bigger challenges uh, to operators as they kind of look to integrate their legacy uh, charging systems into, into these virtualization plans? plans? Do you, I mean, do you see like anything specifically sticking out that you guys have seen uh, for this? Yeah, the legacy systems are really going to struggle, you know, and I, as, I, as I was saying earlier, new, new thinking is required. Um, give you a quick example. Um, yeah, most systems uh, build based on uh, call data records. They're typically um, spun out every few minutes, maybe every 15 minutes of a static, of a static gateway. And, and network functions virtualization, that gateway may not be there in 15 minutes. So you know that basically means that you have to get the, um, the billing information out of it when it's instantiated, and you have to process it in real time. There's no going back. In current legacy systems, you know, if, um, if something happens, you can go back to the gateway and and ask for maybe 30 days worth of information to be respun out. That doesn't exist anymore. Systems are so dynamic now. We're talking real time, and if uh, you know, many legacy systems will will simply not be able to cope with this. Interesting. Yeah, well, that's a good point because obviously, yeah, I mean, th again, this this new move towards to not just you know near real time, but actual real time is going to be huge on this. And I, I'm guessing, Thomas, you know, for you guys, I mean, obviously, you know, with, with the DPI being a very big part of this. Uh, I'm guessing you guys have a pretty interesting view of how, I guess, how these operations are going to be, 
I guess, integrated over time uh, for, for telecom operators. Yeah, for sure. And if you look at the, the operators, complete BSS stack, I think that it's very common nowadays that that uh, operators are just a bit risk averse and, and don't try to migrate uh, the customer's profiles from one system to a newer system, but they are all fully committed into deploying the new, more agile environments. Uh, and I see various operators having different strategies with, with coping with this. Some do some type of gradual migration, very careful. Some invest a lot in life extenders for, 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 the, for the old platforms, uh, for traditional services. Uh, but uh, what I see increasingly much in Europe is that the big operators, they actually start new brands. Uh, so an actual light brand as such with uh, their own BSS stack built in complete modern ways. And this you could see maybe as a test bed for them to, 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 uh, to try out new technologies as well as new value propositions of more simplified service offerings. And I think that's a very interesting development. And, and over time, you could see customer migration happen naturally uh, in, in this way. Oh, yeah, very interesting. But, I mean, it's obviously a good point. I mean, I've, you know, the state telecom operators are traditional or conservative is a, probably uh, an easy way to put that because uh, I think they're definitely seen as probably some of the most conservative out there. So, uh, but you're right. It's interesting to hear that, you know, some of these companies, at least in Europe, are bringing out sub-brands, basically, that they can then use as kind of the test beds. Uh, for these services. That does make sense because obviously you can get some experience, some real world experience there with how these work and get more comfortable with it. Because again, I know for myself talking with operators and analysts and different vendors that it does seem like that that's kind of the challenge is getting carriers to uh, be more comfortable with this move. Because you know, as you guys have been mentioning, this is a huge dynamic change for these operators. This is changing how they're, how they're doing everything in their operations. And so, uh, and, and being conservative companies, that's a, that's a big change for these guys. Well, I mean, I know one thing I've heard a lot too from operators is the need for uh, having something that's carrier grade, and that's kind of maybe part of this conservative nature is the fact that they do want to have something that, that they know is going to work. Uh, and that's, you know, whether it's a five nines model or whatever you want to call it. Uh, do, do you think, I guess, this need for, for that uh, legacy view of carrier grade, is that still needed as we move towards virtualized OSS and BSS platforms, do you think? Or do you think that, you know, since these things are so dynamic and, and can be and rapidly change, that, you know, a, maybe a three nines or four nines model can probably handle the same type of, uh, of, of services that operators need. I don't know, maybe, maybe Thomas, maybe your view on, I guess, that need for, for carrier grid going forward. Yes, uh, well, I, I think that, uh, while the, the, the uptime requirements for individual components might change a bit, it's still a must to have carrier greatness uh, for the solution as a whole. Mm -hmm. We're still talking about telco services here after all, right? Um, and, and I think it's a good thing that the NFV-style virtualization with the orchestration can really deliver these enhanced software-based carrier-grade capabilities through dynamic scaling and institution of, of redundancy and disaster recovery with its software capability. So I think uh, it, it will be a complex setup, uh, but it's, it's, it, in overall, it will be easier to, to deploy carrier-gradeness and easier to, 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 to keep it carrier-grade as well, if you want to call it that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great point. I mean, obviously, telecom operators do have uh, very um, uh, complicated networks out there, and they're generating billions of dollars on a near, you know, on a real-time basis. So yeah, you're, it is definitely a probably a step above perhaps a tradi traditional data center or something like that. So well, maybe Jerry, maybe get your point on that. I mean, what, what do you think that you know this need for carrier grade going forward? What's your view on the importance of that? And and I guess how are you guys looking to perhaps tackle that that challenge of making sure that operators are comfortable with what you're bringing to bringing to market for them? Absolutely, it's 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 vital, particularly in the systems we we deal with. And they're in the call flow. 
And you know, if there's an outage, it does impact um, uh, subscriber um, service. So there's absolutely no um, uh, no no issue other than we have to maintain the five nines. How we do it though is a different is a different question. Um, the old days of you know specialist hardware duplicated. Um, that's no longer the uh, the requirement. We're now looking at um, kind of web scale type concepts. Um, you know, clustering. Um, you know, we still have to be able to provide the uh, the five nines availability, but in a different way. The other concern, obviously, would be that a lot of this web scale um, um, type technology um, hasn't before had to face this. Um, you know, five nines. It's 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 more of an enterprise, and and you know they deal in term in terms of recovery times of minutes. Um, you know, in the network, that just won't cut it. So, so yeah, as as the skill sets evolve in, net, in, in in operators and they become more IT focused, using you know, kind of uh, commercial enterprise type um, type servers and software, they still have to be aware that the five nines rule still applies, and they have to um, engineer their solutions um, to uh, uh, to basically provide almost no downtime. That's a different kettle of fish, I think, to what they've been used to in the past. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think it's interesting too, because you know, I've talked to a lot of companies about this and you know, the ones who have a lot of uh, traditional telecom experience have a, a perhaps a, a different, maybe more in line view with telecom operators about how this is going to work, where I've talked to some companies who are coming maybe from more of the data center space, who I don't want to say they're a little more lackadaisical in kind of how they view the nines model, but you know, they definitely seem to have a different view on this. And it does seem like, you know, from you guys, at least you guys have a lot of experience in the telecom space. Uh, you know, you guys seem to have a, a, a view that seems more in line with what I've heard from what telecom operators are looking for. So that's an interesting view. I'm, I'm guessing that experience you guys have, it probably pays off pretty well when you guys are, are working with your telecom operator partners. Well, absolutely. And it's the, um, it's the trust um, uh, and the ability to deliver carrier grade solutions, even though they're virtualized. That's, um, yeah, that's paramount. And, um, you know, it's something that, that maybe a lot of startups uh, Need to consider, you know, the technology might uh, might de uh, deliver the functionality, but to deliver the the, the carrier grade requirements of of, a, of of an operator, that's a significant challenge, I think. Yeah, yeah, great point, great point. Well, let me just say, I guess a wrap up question for both of you guys. And you guys have both kind of touched on a little bit, kind of the challenges going ahead. But maybe, but Thomas, I'm going to start with you. You know, as you look at you know this this move going forward, and obviously for you guys uh, there there at, uh, at Procera, you know, what is keeping you guys up the most at night? You know, what what are you hearing from your from your customers is what the, you know, what, the, what are their biggest challenges uh, when they're looking at kind of making this move towards virtualization and what's, what's going to be uh, uh, your, your bane of existence for the next, the next several years there uh, at Procera? Yeah, I'm convinced that, uh, that it is for the operators. The real challenge is to get the orchestration layer where it needs to be. And once that's in place, really the sky is the limit for, for visualization, both on, on data plane and on the, on the BSS plane. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, getting the orchestration there in place will be the big challenge, right? And I'm sure that's going to be quite a bit of work ahead for you guys too, is working with those guys on on making sure that that part is in place and you guys are able to to take advantage of that of that aspect as well. I mean, do you, do you see any challenges with that orchestration layer uh, getting getting where it needs to be? For Thomas, but if if I see a challenge with that, yes, I think that the operators have a challenge in in implementing this orchestration layer so that they can deploy any type of VNF package into their into their network. Yeah, uh, that's the real challenge for them to build that infrastructure out. Yeah. Got it. Okay, and maybe maybe Jerry, maybe I guess get your your final view on maybe what you see as kind of being a big challenge for you guys uh, going ahead uh, when it comes to working with operators on this. Yeah, I, I'd agree with um, with what Thomas said. Right? I'd add to it and say that the uh, the need for open standards is is paramount in this space as well. 
um, and uh, that the, the the challenge I think for the operators is to is to maintain the stance that that open standards are required and, and not to be um, sidetracked by by the very large vendors that that um, uh, you know always promise better capability in a proprietary uh, fashion or or a standards plus type fashion. Um, you know the, the the rule here has to be open standards now and open standards for everyone. Yeah, that's a great point. And again, with this move towards virtualization, I think operators do want to keep. Uh, that multi-vendor environment out there. So you're right. So that kind of that standards plus one or whatever some of the big guys are, you know, maybe looking at doing. That could be a, a challenge. And you're right. Operators do probably need to stay focused on on being able to stay open. I know talking with some of the ones here, at least domestically, you know, at t here with the domain program, uh, they're pretty big with that, and they're hoping it looks like at least to try to keep that as part of it. So uh, I guess we'll see how that plays out moving forward. But but again, guys, we definitely appreciate the great insight on this. Obviously. Uh, this this topic is a growing uh, a growing interest across the telecom space, and hopefully we can catch up again soon on this topic. But uh, but again, thanks for the time today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, perfect. Well, great. Well, with that, uh, let's segue to our next segment here. Uh, well, obviously, uh, speaking of telecom operators, uh, recently uh, Verizon announced its SDN plans uh, with uh, with five vendor partners, some of the big guys in the industry: uh, Alcatel, Lucent, Cisco, Ericsson, uh, Juniper, and, and Nokia Networks. Uh, as part of that uh, the, the announcement. Uh, it said it was working to move towards virtualizing platforms over the, over the it said it's been working on virtualizing platforms over the past several years, uh, including the creation of live lab environments in a number of locations, including in San Jose, California, Tampa, Florida, and its Waltham, Massachusetts uh, uh, engineering lab as well, and claims to have commercial data center environments on both coasts. So obviously Verizon has not been perhaps the most vocal in, in describing its uh, virtualization plans, but it sounds like it's been working pretty heavily behind the scenes on it uh, as well. I recently had a chance to speak with Sean Hockle, who's the head of network planning or head of network platforms and managed services at Verizon Enterprise Solutions about the company's thinking around the move towards virtualization and of being SDN. Uh, first, I asked Sean about Verizon's overall view on moving towards virtualization. Uh, let's take a look at that NFV strategy clip from Verizon, please. Yeah, actually, so, so our strategy hits across all of our businesses. Okay. So as you'll see, that, that we were looking forward to sort of the, you know, the operational efficiencies and the um, and, and, and the quality service benefits yeah. across both wireless consumer and our enterprise. I specifically focus on enterprise, so I spend a lot of time on it. Um, and it is something that's being asked for by our customers. So if you really think about it, this technology originally grew up in the data center. Yep. And it solved the problem that people had in terms of managing an environment where you had uh, a lot of flexibility with the virtualized resources around compute and storage, and then you got kind of the edge of the data center, and the networking stuff required a whole stack of boxes, right? It's a build another box problem that people have, and, 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 and deploying that technology is complicated, mm -hmm. it's expensive, and it's, it's, it's not necessarily flexible. And so the reason there's a lot of interest is, is obviously with SDN and NFB, there's the possibility of automating and, 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 and making that whole structure much more efficient. Um, with the advances in that technology, as well as sort of advances in, the, in both the chipsets as well as the standards bodies, the ability to deploy that beyond the data center wall is, 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 is arisen. And so people are looking for applications beyond kind of where this originally started, moved out into the into the core network. And you see a lot of, of, of interest there now. Mm -hmm. So SDN and NFB technology is probably, from my perspective, not it's not going to replace the core of the network next week. Right? <laughs> But what, I, what we have seen is a lot of interest from our customers in a number of use cases. People don't buy technology, they buy solutions, right? And, and so this helps in, in, in several instances where people are looking, uh, for example, in the branch environment for solutions that let them leverage sort of multiple access technologies that may exist at a particular location, whether it be MPLS and broadband or MPLS and wireless. Um, 
and, and being able to optimize kind of the, the, the treatment and flow of traffic and then the security that you wrap around that at those sites. So, and this technology has the opportunity to provide a better experience in that respect. So we see a lot of interest there. Uh, you obviously see a lot of interest for folks that have this, this technology set up in the data center today to be able to extend it between data centers or across into other high priority sites. So we see that as a use case. Um, from the NFB perspective, uh, the NFB based solutions for security um, solve a problem where traditional solutions have been difficult, more complex to implement at the edge. Uh, they may require a lot of gear that, that hasn't been cost effective for mm -hmm. doing that or hasn't been able to meet that need. So sort of virtualization in the security space is, is another use case we see a lot of opportunity in, in terms of it just provides a better answer for a broader scope of, of users. And then, you know, I can keep going on this, right? When you look at WAN optimization, WAN optimization yeah. when offered in NFB style solutions actually better than the traditional solutions because it covers the whole experience from the data center through to the end user as opposed to just one segment. So those kinds of use cases are exciting for people because they provide a better solution. And that's why we're pursuing this. It's in the interest, again, you keep in mind, connecting users to apps, everything we can do to make that safer, more secure, and simpler is a good thing. And that's where we're, we're, we're focused. Sean also provided some insight into the business case uh, model surrounding uh, the move towards NFB. Uh, let's take a look at that business case, case clip, clip, please. So I think a couple things are emerging, right? So you're absolutely right in terms of the commercial models are still emerging. But what you see is when you move to an environment that's got uh, more standardized platforms and is primarily software-based, based, um, you have an opportunity to, to, to change some of the more traditional capital-intensive uh, constructs that are out there to more utility-based, more on-demand model. Uh, some elements of the ecosystem work that way, and some elements, you know, you can't banish. You still have to have a you know, glass in the going <laughs> somewhere. And, and so that, you know, there will be some elements of that that just won't change. But, but you do definitely have the opportunity to provide people with more flexibility. In addition, when you think of it sort of from the mobile to the end user to the cloud service provider community, there's a concentration of, of, of traffic there that's let us release some more um, sophisticated models even now. So already today, for, provide, for, for enterprise customers looking to go from sort of the LTE-based uh, device through to a cloud service provider, we offer a bandwidth on demand approach to, to, to connectivity with the SCI service. Um, you could just specify one of the cloud service providers as a destination and pay on a per gigabyte basis. Hmm. So where, you know, it happens to be the, the, the opportunity is there that you've got the concentration of traffic, the economics work for the carrier, they work for the customer, you give them a very cloud-like utility consumption model-based experience. Will that apply across the board to all services? I suspect not necessarily. Uh, but is the opportunity to do that more often out there? Yes. In addition, with the degree of automation and integration that this, that this new technology supports, operationally becomes much more efficient. Today, with a network-based solution, with another build-another-box approach to solving stuff, um, you have to deploy this gear at the edges of the network. You have to configure it. You have to manage it. You have to keep it under constant supervision, and you've got to manage multiple deployments. Allowing this stuff, the intelligence to become centralized, to become the management much more centralized, you can operate it with production grade sort of industrial software management techniques and, and, and it becomes essentially a more efficient um, deployment of the enterprise space. You can deploy more sophisticated solutions with more robustness because your control is, is more precise, it's more fine-grained, and it's got a significant degree of automation that didn't exist in the past. So that's where I think people start to see efficiencies. Great insight there from Sean. Obviously, great to hear uh, about Verizon's plans there with uh, virtualization. Uh, sounds like they've been working on it for quite some time, but uh, now a little more vocal about the move there. So it's great to get that insight there. Well, again, that, that'll do it for this week's NFDS in Reality Check. 
I want to again thank my guests, uh, Thomas Basson, uh, Gary Donahoe, and Sean Hockle for their great insight today. And uh, thanks for watching. NFV SDN Reality Check with Dan Meyer is a production of RCR TV. To suggest show topics or to reach Dan, you can find him on email dmeyer at rcrwireless.com and on Twitter at Meyer underscore Dan. For more Dan, news on NFVSDN and everything wireless, find your way over to rcrwireless.com.